Alpin, the Tijuana Brass. I'm Carson Sestouli. This is Fangraphs Audio. It's like I'm stating the obvious listener when I say that the life of a professional baseball internet writer is sexy, dangerous, full of intrigue, full of lots of intrigue. Uh, if it's one other thing, though, uh, it, it'd be possible to say that it's a solitary existence, uh, working as one does from one's home and being looked at suspiciously uh, by all the neighbor folk and their children. As such, it's hard to meet new and interesting people. Uh, however, luckily, this particular baseball internet writer, internet baseball writer, has a podcast uh, that he can use as a pretense, a useful pretense, upon which to meet those same new and interesting people. In this case, that sort of person is named Matt Sussman. You may know Sussman's work from the internet. He's written for Deadspin uh, in a number of other places. But you might know him best from his work on the Twitters, where he goes uh, by the Twitter handle at sus2hyphens. That's S-U-S-S, the number two, and the word hyphens, H-Y-P-H-E-N-S. Matt Sussman is a terrific tweeter, and it's really for that reason and no other that I reached out and asked uh, if he might want to make an appearance on Fangraphs Audio. After a great deal of supplication on my part, he consented to do so. And what follows are the fruits of our conversation. Here is indeed my conversation with Matt Sussman of the Internet, right now on Fangraphs Audio. I think exclusively and entirely by your Twitter feed, uh, which I enjoy considerably. And then really what this allows me to do, the podcast, is to meet, is to give me a pretense upon which to meet people like that. Does that make oh, okay, sense? okay, great. Yeah. So that's, a, that's yeah, absolutely. A, that's all it is. And then and our listeners uh, can meet you at the same time too. Because you seem to – so here's the thing that interests me is you seem to be pretty good at Twitter. And I think that you even – I, f- I feel like – I don't know if it's necessarily all all baseball people with whom you're sort of interacting on Twitter, but I could be wrong too. Yeah, I mean it's mostly that during the season and then uh, um, outside of the season I still need something to do. So, right. right. <laughs> um, I, I'm, whatever I'm watching, I mean it, it, um, outside of that uh, is um, – that, that's interesting and, and uh, just something to entertain myself. Uh, and, and other people seem to uh, like that too. So, for example, the Olympics uh, uh, is is something I'll watch, and and other people are watching it too. So, um, and they may not be watching the same thing as me, but they they seem to enjoy what I have to say. So, um, that's it's not really. I don't again. I don't really have an agenda while doing it. I'm just making jokes, and I think a lot of people are too. Uh, so, uh, I'm glad they like it. Uh, yeah, you know, I was talking with, uh, the Internet's Common Man. Are you familiar with this gentleman? Um, I don't think so. Okay, yeah, uh, so Internet, uh, so the Common Man, he and, um, another guy, uh, Bill, they write for a site called The Platoon Advantage. They also do a little work with Baseball Prospectus. But he's, uh, he's talked a little bit about, the this the sort of pleasures and it, it might require a certain sort of person to derive pleasure from this but um the, the pleasures of watching a sporting event um with other people i guess in, in this case in the context of twitter 
And I guess you might say, well, you're not really watching it with people because, you know, uh, there are not, you know, like they're not actual people that are in your house. Um, but on the other hand, you sort of get to kind of curate the people you're listening to. Whereas if you have people in your house, you have to listen to all of them. <laughs> and, and and I've been there. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So yeah, that that's definitely uh, that's definitely a plus. Um, yeah. No. So I'm going to ask you questions, and because you're a gentleman of the world, you're you're welcome to not to answer them. But um, but I guess I'm curious generally where you're from. I think that you're from some combination living in Ann Arbor and um, wherever Bowling Green is. I guess Bowling Green. Uh, yeah, I, I, um, I went to Bowling Green uh, uh, for college. Uh, that was, um, now it seems a long time ago, about seven years ago. Uh, I then went where the jobs went, and, and the jobs are in Ann Arbor. So that's where I currently am. Oh, okay. And so are you are you from that area then? or? I, I'm originally from Toledo, and I've lived there for 22 years, and, and then I moved up to Ann Arbor, uh, going from job to job um, until someone stopped laying me off <laughs> so you you're like a you're like a real midwesterner uh, and, I really and, am and like um, all those places are I mean Toledo to Toledo to Bowling Green to Ann Arbor that's all within I don't know what 50 80 miles something like that pretty much you can get from Ann Arbor to Bowling Green in maybe an hour and a half so um, right along uh, US uh, 23 or 75, uh, so um, I haven't really lived anywhere else, but I have traveled. Uh, I had a job where I did a lot of traveling, and so I sort of got the uh, escaping the Midwestern out of my system, and I kind of went everywhere, like both coasts, Canada. Uh, so I I got my world view uh, that way while that lasted. Right. Now, were you, uh, were you uh, importing, exporting, <laughs> something, something vague like that? No, I, it was actually a cool job. I, I worked for a company that did uh, software uh, for newspapers. And uh, so I would travel to a bunch of small little newspapers all around. Uh, you know, some, uh, not, you know, huge ones, uh, but big enough to have a daily paper. So I would sometimes find myself in kind of uh, small, uh, like 30,000 population cities for a week or two and just kind of go between... The, the newspaper and the hotel room and maybe on the weekend something to do. But um, I went to about, I did that for about three years. So I got, you know, some good exposure of, of other things that are around there, and it was kind of nice to get that out of my system. So, so where are you from? Oh, where am I? I'm from uh, originally from New Hampshire, although I usually tell people, uh, I tell people that I'm from Massachusetts. I'm from Boston because for two okay. reasons. One, it's easy and and two, because I'm because uh, of a thick lacquer of shame that I carry around with me. <laughs> <laughs> I did one. I did one newspaper in Massachusetts. I was in North Andover. Okay, yeah, sure. Um, and I, I flew. I flew into Manchester, New Hampshire, and I went to to uh, North Andover, and they had a, a little uh, like network of weeklies. And um, I, one day I was in uh, Derry, New Hampshire. One other day I was in Haverhill. Uh, Massachusetts, and I think those were the ones I went to. Yeah, right. Uh, so of course. I, so, so you essentially—that's like the—it's a bizarre sort of tourism because um, it's sort of like a working tourism. And usually, when you travel somewhere, you go to 
Uh, I mean, it's just typically like if you have time, you say, well, we're going to go to a destination. We will be going to mm-hmm. uh, to Barcelona or we will be going to, you know, wherever, like to Los Angeles for a week or something. But you, you're essentially taking these extended stay, working vacations, but not necessarily to America's most celebrated destinations. Basically, yeah. uh, I, I did not go. I, I went where the where the uh, where the work was, and and sometimes that would uh, coincide with the place you'd actually want to be. Uh, um, Miami. I was in Miami briefly. Um, the only other big city I think I would just ever been, went to was uh, the Raleigh Durham area. Uh, other than that, I kind of avoided. Uh, or Cincinnati. I was in Cincinnati, but again, tourist destination. I can go to Cincinnati whatever I want. Um, but uh, other than a couple really cool trips to Barbados and uh, the, the uh, north coast of Northern Ireland, it was basically small town America for, you know, half of the year. But that's fun while it lasted. Yeah, no, but it's actually kind of uh, nice. Because I know, like, when I go, when I do go on a, on a trip, um, I always, it's a priority for me, and I don't know if this is a great way to travel or not. I mean, you need a certain amount of time to do it. But I always like to get a sense of what it's like to live in the place. Um, mm-hmm. So, like, my first, you know, like, my first act is to just walk. I mean, really walk around whatever place it is until until I, until I swear off walking for the rest of my life. But just to get, <laughs> like, you know, because you don't know until you've, until you've walked around a place like that, or maybe you could bike around, I don't know. But you don't know what a place really is like to get around until you do that. Um, and that needs a certain amount of time. But the other thing is, like, when I'm on vacation, and I don't know if you're the same way, but when I'm on vacation, like, I don't want to do vac- – like, I just want to do what my normal work is usually. I just want to be doing it in a different place. And I don't know – like, that's not a sort that's advertised by – like hotwire.com or whatever, but it has a certain pleasure to it. I mean, did, did you get that sense when you would go to, like, Haverhill? You're like, oh, this is what it's like to live in Haverhill? Yeah, you know, I did get that a little bit, you know, the fact that, you know, you're on the East Coast and, you know, we have a little bit more space or over here. Mm-hmm. Uh, so by by driving there for a day and, and just seeing, you know, architecture and, and just city infrastructure different than, than what you're used to. It was kind of nice to see that, and, and then you get to see uh, what then when I went out to Colorado and Wyoming, and then you see way more space than I'm used to, uh, and then everything in between. So, yeah, it was, it was I, I, when, I, when I signed up for the job, I was not a huge traveler, so it was a little overwhelming, but then, of course, once you're out there, you know, you, you, know, you, you realize this is probably the only time I'm going to ever see this town. So you just want to see all the the cool things, and you know every little town has a story, and and every little town. And the other thing was every little town has a minor league baseball team, so that was also a big plus. Oh yeah, as long so as you, I was there for the summer. Right. Did you get did you get to a bunch of games doing that? I did. I did go see a Lowell Spinners game when I was in Massachusetts, and um, I saw. I think it was in Tulsa. I saw a Drillers game. Um, a couple minor league hockey teams. The, the craziest one, I was out in, in uh, Alberta, and I drove up to Edmonton for the weekend, and they had an um, independent league team. And their field was, it was the, it was the ugliest <laughs> the ugliest stadium I ever saw because it was natural grass outfield and it was turf infield. And so you had two conflicting shades of green going against each other. It, I don't know what they were thinking. 
Well, yeah, I mean, you know, in Canada, they're just trying to, they're just trying to get by. So, I mean, come on, let's not. Basically, <laughs> we still have baseball, kind of. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. 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 Um, oh, yeah. That, that's cool. Now, I, I, I don't know how you feel about it, but I actually prefer, uh, as a spectator, for at least two reasons, I prefer the minor league baseball experience to the major league one. Um, uh, one is the sort of intimacy of the stadiums is that, you know, typically in a minor league stadium, it's hard to get a seat that's very far from the action. Two is the price. Uh, I'm not a wealthy man. I I assume that uh, by my diction, uh, you assume that I am, but I'm not. And then three, um, oh, no, I came up with a third, too, along the way. Uh, Third, um, going to a minor league game, you usually learn something, which I think is nice. You know, like you can say, like, oh, this is the best player on this minor league team, and I might get to see him at the majors sometime, and I'll have had the experience of learning about him, um, and, you know, I can maybe follow him for that reason. But that seems attractive to me. Uh, I don't know, do you, yeah. do you, do you have, do you have a, a dog in this fight between actually, like, being a spectator in this, in this sort of game? I, I, I agree. I, I, I love going to minor league baseball games. When I, I uh, Toledo, uh, grew up watching Mud Hens games, and, and that's AAA for Detroit. And um, I've, uh, way back, way back before they had the new stadium downtown, they had one on, on the suburbs. It was in a county fairgrounds. And, and that was, again, when the Tigers were pretty bad, uh, the, the, the Randy Smith days. And, and Al, uh, I'll tell you, but, you, know, you as a Tigers fan, you maybe know, I have no idea what the Randy Smith days means. When does that, what years are we talking th- Oh, that, that would be, um, it was, it was before Dave Dabrowski. Randy Smith was fired in, in 2002. And so from, I would say, mid 90s to 2002, those are the days when Bobby Higginson was basically, and Tony Clark were kind of the only players they had. And is this when Mike and, Morath was a, was a steadfast member of the, the starting rotation? Uh, <laughs> you know, really, uh, Dabrowski came in uh, in 2002, and he actually was the general manager for that terrible team in 2003 that lost 119 games. Oh, okay. So Morath was kind of a holdover from that. I don't know. If he, I don't believe it was a person that he selected, but um, specifically when I when I saw games in, in like 1999, 2000, 2001, I, I saw players like Brandon Inge uh, when he was a catcher and he still had knees, um, and players like that. And then even um, you know in 2004, 2005, they got the new stadium, and you you'd see guys like Curtis Granderson, you would see uh, Marcus Thames and Joel Zamaya, and and they were that was actually a very good team. They had, I think, they won the AAA championship that year. But um, I did, to speak to your point, uh, even going beyond the Tigers, um, I was in um, I forget where I was, but the, um, in Georgia, uh, Rome, Georgia, is, was the single A, I believe, for the Atlanta Braves. And I saw a game that weekend. And Again, you know, like you said, go to minor league baseball to learn something, learn some players you never saw before. I saw it's a really good shortstop, and I, I was impressed by him. He made some good defensive plays. I don't remember how he did offensively, but I was impressed by him. And then I later learned that the, the kid's name was Elvis Andrews. And so now I can always say, oh, I saw him before uh, he was uh, traded to Texas and, and then became a really good player. And so uh, I think yeah, that, that minor league baseball is a great vehicle for that, to, to see those players. And, and like I said, cheap. Uh, usually the parks are all really uh, intimate, and some are a little ugly, uh, but, but yeah, you do yes. get to see the players at, at a cut rate. Yeah, I, yeah, I, I think it's excellent. I've, uh, 
um, growing up where I grew up, I was not near any sort of minor league baseball or really, you know, um, I mean, we'd go to Fenway, uh, but I lived about maybe hour 15 from Fenway. So that also was not particularly close. So we would get down to, you know, I mean, that's my, my formative baseball years were spent going to Red Sox games, but uh, given the distance, it was not a, a substantial number of them. It was more of an event, I guess, um, which could happen. I'm curious, I'm curious, uh, about Toledo, I don't know that I've ever met anyone from Toledo, um, and I have a feeling it's maybe because um, I don't know if, if people leave Toledo or not. Um, Quite often, uh, that's 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 most uh, common activity to do in Toledo. Uh, it is, you know, it, since it is in Ohio and it's uh, it, it's kind of the, the the little brother of, of Detroit. It is one of those that has been getting smaller and smaller and. Um, you talk about the auto industry in Detroit declining. Well, Toledo is is where they make a lot of the Jeep cars, and and so that that is that is hurt. And I really would love to go back there, but again, where are the jobs? They're, they just don't exist. Uh, so you go there, um, and uh, if you if you grow up there, you you grow up there, and then you go somewhere else. That's that's basically the, the ritual. And then maybe at some point when when you have a family, then you go back and and, and the cycle starts again. But it was it was it was a really cool place to because uh, not only because of the city itself, but in proximity to Detroit, Cleveland, Chicago's four hours away, Cincinnati, Pittsburgh's not too far. So you you have a lot of, of good places to go for a weekend rather than being stuck. Um, you know, get, you know, reserved to one city and, and not getting out of it. So I, I enjoyed the place. Yeah. No. I mean, what's to do in Toledo? Is it just uh, sort of like any place? Because I recall, um, I mean, my my very limited experience with it is uh, with its bus station, uh, and that uh, typically <laughs> is not the crowning jewel of any of any city. Yes. Um, but I did sort of remember before rolling into town, thinking like having a sort of optimism on behalf of Toledo, like. That it's a uh, it's a stolid and proud midwestern place, um, but then it looked a little bit rougher around the edges, perhaps than I was expecting. Yeah, and it may have been depending on where the bus station was. If it was in downtown, I could certainly see that, and 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 they've they've made a push to revitalize that by, like I said, they built the the new Mud Hens uh, ballpark in the early 2000s, and that that helped a lot. And then they moved. Uh, their minor league hockey team uh, downtown rather than on the other side of the, of the bridge. Um, but other things to do, their their zoo is, is one of the best, I would say, in the Midwest, better than Detroit, definitely. Um, there is, uh, you know, a lot of uh, Cedar Point is, is not too far. Uh, that's about, it's an amusement park that's, um, Maybe an hour or hour and a half away. I believe that's in Sandusky, right? And that is in Sandusky, Ohio. Yes. Yeah, I one time um, applied during college. I applied to be uh, some manner of employee there. I, I was—I mean, I was going to school in New York, but I thought it might be uh, a way because otherwise I was just going to have to work at a dumb restaurant back in Maine. So I thought, oh, I'll work at Cedar Point. Um, but I'm not sure that I um, completed the application process. So that's a story that I just told. It doesn't have all of a beginning, middle, and end. It's missing one of those. No one, no one can really tell which one though. Well, it, we, we can we, we can call that a factoid. 
Yeah, all right. Okay, we'll do that. <laughs> yeah, I've heard but, of it is what I mean to tell you. Yeah. yeah. But I think really any city that's on a freshwater lake, um, and, and lake, and it's right on Lake Erie, it's easy to see on a map. Um, and, and if you are into the, you know, the aquatic uh, um, uh, leisure activities, you can go boating and fishing, and, and they do that. Uh, and you, do you like to do all around. those things? You go to the zoo? You go to Cedar Point? Yeah, we well, I did a, a lot of those things uh, growing up um, in, you know, field trips and then uh, little family getaways. Yeah, that, that stuff, it was all very entertaining. The zoo, maybe not as much as I got older, and especially not the amusement park, because I sort of got burned out. I would go every year, and, okay, it's the same roller coasters again. Uh, but, yeah. uh, you know, gr- growing up, I mean, uh, you know, I would be one of the more indoor people. Uh, as, an endorsement, an endorsement assessment, endorsement. Endorsement, okay. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That, that does add a little bit more flair to it, yeah, I'd it say. Does. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but, you know, it, it's you know it's not unlike a lot of other Midwest, especially in Ohio, you know, Dayton and, uh, you, you know, so Cincinnati and, uh, and other cities around there, Fort Wayne. I mean, they all do sort of get the same, and they all have a lot of chain restaurants and, uh, but, you know, it's, hey, it's where I grew up. I can't complain too much about it. Um, well, that makes you a good person. The... The so what so what was your uh, sort of area what it has been your area of interest uh, in terms of I guess uh, academics whatever you said you grew you grew up there you were an indoorsman I don't know are you uh, uh, playing video games is that sort of one of the things it's one of the things that uh, passed a lot of my time um, uh, the, the the dream was oh these games are so fun I'll I'll make them for a living and this was when I was fourteen because who the heck knows what you're people ask you what you're going to do when you're fourteen. Um, you really don't know, and then, um, and so that was that was my goal. Oh, I'll just make uh, I'll program video games. Uh, so I went into, into computer science, and and the programming aspect was was very difficult. It was it was interesting, um, and and I and I was a big fan of math and, and logic, and and so that that did appeal to me. Um, however, I graduated a very terrible programmer, uh, so that is why. I went into, I, but I still enjoyed, you know, problem solving and 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 troubleshooting things, and so that's kind of why I did go into the software uh, industry as sort of a support person, as sort of a consultant trainer, um, and 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 that's kind of what I still do now. I'm sort of a sort of a tech support type person, and I guess maybe that is what you do now uh, in in. Midwest America is uh, sit inside and look outside. You see some trees and some nice scenery, uh, but for the most part, you stay hunkered in and, and, and try, try to, to fix stuff. And try not to get fired while you're doing it, it sounds like. And try not to get fired, yes. And it wasn't <laughs> fun. I mean, yeah, the, the, the thing that really happened was when I worked for the newspaper company, um, newspapers obviously are, are cutting back a lot, and so I, I'm surprised I lasted as long as I did there. Uh, it, it's a, it, once they didn't need it, uh, that many trainers, uh, they said, you know, thanks and goodbye. <laughs> yeah. So. Uh, well, to that point, I was uh, I, I used to work for Nintendo actually. Uh, okay. Uh, I took a year off from college and I lived in Seattle. And the job that I took there as a temp was uh, working in customer service for Nintendo. Um, and I mean, you have to be an elite 
sort of worker to get this job because you have to you have to answer questions about um, you have to answer technical questions uh, hooking up a Nintendo um, sometimes people from the south and will complain that their Nintendo won't cut on and you have to address that particular issue you also have to sell issues uh, sell subscriptions to Nintendo Power Magazine which may or may not still be a thing but it certainly was 10 years ago um, but you also have to talk to young, dreamy children sometimes. Children, not unlike yourself, it sounds like, when you were uh, younger, uh, who will call and say that they want to be a video game programmer. And there is a script for dealing with that. Oh, that that was me, yes. And yeah. I, I did get some of those form letters uh, in return, yeah. uh, I would say, around fifth grade. Yeah. No, and so, yeah, we were directed to say, if you want to do that... Uh, I don't entirely remember now, but it was something to the effect of, like, do well in school, I guess. Don't get arrested. Um, and it's always... That, that, that's all good advice. Don't get... Well, in, in that case, don't get arrested for, you know, hacking into the government websites. Right. Um, right. Things of that nature, but yeah. Bring it, fame, it, I usually, guess. I think these kids are kind of people that wouldn't really cause a lot of trouble outside of the house anyways. Yeah, it didn't sound like they were. Now, listen, you, you are uh, from Toledo, but... Um, you are also a Tigers fan. Is that a typical uh, fan allegiance decision for someone for t- from Toledo? You know, it, 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 it's it's funny you bring that up because it, it, it's a, it's a city that that sports identity is very uh, gray. They do have the Mud Hens, which feeds to the Tigers, but um, it's a great place to watch sports because you get three uh, different. Um, teams available on cable. You can watch the Tigers. You can also watch the Indians and the Reds. And anytime I go down there to visit my parents, that's that's one of the great things. Is oh, I can. It doesn't matter who's on. I can watch somebody. So it is kind of very divided between Tigers and Indians. Uh, and and you'll see that with any of the sports. Uh, you know, divided between uh, you know the Lions and the Browns. Even uh, Ohio State and Michigan. It's a very battleground. I think battleground because it is a good uh, descriptor for the for the city. It's, it's, it the city does not rise up and 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 enjoy one uh, team. It's you you're picking one at an early age and you stick with it. Uh, and so Tigers is is what uh, appealed to me. Uh, they weren't great when I started paying attention, but you know I did sort of see the uh, you know the Cecil Fielder end of Alan Trammell, Lou Whitaker days and then uh then not so happy days in, in the late nineties with, you know, Davy Cruz and uh Felipe Lira. Uh not that they weren't great they weren't great players, they were okay, but they, those are the people that they were trying to, you know, lead the team, which didn't work out so well. Right. So now are there now will, will did you follow uh any family into Tigers fandom? Um, not specifically. My parents weren't, weren't huge into it. It was basically my uncle who just kept sending me baseball cards. He lives in the state of Oregon, and he would send me whole sets of, of uh, cards from the late 80s. Um, I do have them somewhere. I think uh, I tried to look. Uh, a lot of them are not worth a lot of money, but, again, that was one of the things that sort of catalyzed me into, um, hey, I enjoy I enjoy uh, a sports, but I also enjoy uh, you know, stats and math, and, and that kind of did sort of lead me into the, the baseball realm, as it usually does, because if you're not really into 
uh, stats, then then you're probably picking another sport. So uh, that's that's kind of what led me there. But it's not that my 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 parents don't enjoy baseball; they'll go to a game here and there. But it's it's kind of something that I picked up sort of in you know outside of the uh, immediate family. Right, and so yeah, because I know that that is one way that uh, by law really. Uh, uh, Team allegiance is, is uh, passed along is uh, uh, through genetic through genetic strains, um, but mm-hmm. in, in the case of uh, uh, of being a young man whose family does not have a specific one, I guess you're you're left to your own devices. And then, so so you just chose tigers over Indians. I did. I mean, I I, I hope that the Indians do well if the tigers are out. And and when they were good in the in the late nineties or two thousands, I mean, they were up against you know the Yankees and and uh, other teams, and, you know, who, who do you pick? Well, obviously, you're going to pick the one that's closer to you. Um, if the Reds were up against uh, a bigger team, if, if they ever get anywhere again, then I would hope hope that they do. Well, it's, it's always a proximity thing for me. Uh, you just go with the next closest uh, team and, and until it becomes just unreasonable and you don't want to measure, you know, whether, you know, Denver or Florida is closer. So uh, that's, that's, that's kind of the... The, the way I go after mm. that. And uh, you know, in terms of your writing, uh, it seems like you've you've been in a number of places, uh, so far as concerned. Uh, you, unless you're lying about it, you were a dead spin at one point. Uh, yeah, I wouldn't. I don't think I'd lie about that. That no. was. Uh, yeah, I was. I was in dead spin. Um, uh, I would basically do weekends. This, this was. This was way before. I guess it became cool, or maybe even after it became cool. Um, but it was it was back in the Will Leach days where the weekend was, was it was basically him and, and Rick Chandler and then and then the weekend you know they wanted a break so um, they would they got a few people to we basically rotate weekends and this was when I was traveling so this was even more excellent I would get to sit in the hotel uh, and write for basically two days uh, just whatever came into the the tip inbox like hey this this is kind of weird and so. I would basically just write a, a post that sort of regurgitated something somebody else wrote, and and that was that was really really fun, uh, and and that was so that's probably the one if if and I still get people that just randomly uh, on on Twitter say hey I remember this one post you wrote on Deadspin and and that was geez that was four years ago like how are you remembering that? Uh-huh. But I guess people do. Yeah, I guess they do. And so and so was that your first? Uh, sort of online experience with that, with the sports writing, or, or were you were you around before? Um, nothing, nothing too uh, uh, major. That was the first major one. Um, but I, I, you know, I had met Will at a at a Deadspin get together. Um, uh, so he had he had known me before. I had I had done a few things here and there. I had my own little blog, which has since gone by the wayside and I think we can all say that. Um, what's what's that what was that called? What was that called? It was called it was called the Futon Report and it was basically um, you know, I think just to summarize everything I've done so far, sit inside watch sports and, and, and comment on it and, and make jokes here and there and it was very focused on uh, you know, to, uh, Toledo Bowling Green, uh, you know, Ohio, Michigan, things of that nature. Um, I did a little uh, sports column for the Toledo Free Press, which is a weekly newspaper that began about five years ago. 
I don't know, probably longer than that because I did it five years ago, maybe ten years ago. Um, and then, and and they're 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 uh, they're the reason they wanted me to come on board was, hey, this is a guy that's that's a blogger, um, and he's a local blogger, and and he's got a very interesting fan voice, and that's kind of what we want you to do, and, which is great. And I'm, I thought that that was really interesting. So uh, those were you know. Twenty dollars per column, and hey, I'll take that. Right, coming right out of college, your your first actual published gig uh, outside of the Calvin newspaper, which was very interesting, and that and that all stemmed from the Putin report. Was they saw it and they they liked it, and then that led to, you know, there's another site which is still around called Blog Critics, uh, which is it, it's a very sprawling website of of general interest, and. Um, I, I came on and they didn't have anyone to do sports and so I started writing just about sports on my own and they said, hey, uh, let's make you a sports editor. So I said, sure. And so I did that for a while and then that led to, you know, Deadspin. Uh, then it, a couple other sites. I was even a writer for Sports by Brooks for maybe six months. Uh, and, and the Deadspin really, I think that kind of opened doors or opportunities. Uh, I'm trying to think of some other places that I, I wrote for uh, MLive uh, oh, yeah. for uh, about maybe a year. And uh, th- so and that was basically Tigers specific. Um, and it might have been somewhere else too. But, um, but basically, um, really all that, that I'm doing right now is just kind of, um, I, I, I've written about Basically everything and a lot of a lot of stuff. So really, what all I'm doing right now is I have a I have a website on uh, SB Nation called Hustle Belt, which focuses on uh, Mid American Conference sports. You know, Toledo Bowling Green. Um, I technically live in Ypsilanti, even though I say Ann Arbor, and that's where Eastern Michigan's located. So I've lived in a lot of Mac uh, 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 college towns, and then um, and then now I also do Tigers videos. Uh, for Bless You Boys, which is a Tigers site on SB Nation. So we can see your handsome face, handsome face on the internet. Yes, absolutely. Um, that, that exists out there, and I just shot one yesterday, and I'm just working on editing it, and that'll probably come out this week uh, if I if I get the time for it. So, mm-hmm. so I'm just kind of, and, and that's sort of uh, this is probably a story a lot of people uh, have done on the internet is. You just kind of flutter from one site to the next until you get bored. But uh, you know, for now, you know, it's it's, it's very it's very entertaining, and and, and it's entertaining to uh, just interact with with random people that um, I don't understand how they enjoy what I do, but I'm glad they do. Now, when um, when you do the video work for Bless You Boys, uh, which as you mentioned is the SB Nation blog for the Tigers, I mean, are you ever concerned that you're being used for your looks? And then maybe uh, maybe not so much for the content you produce. I'm I'm always in, in fear of that. Yeah. That they're not they're not appreciating me for me. Right. But but rather but rather this face and 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 I came to grips with that a long time ago. Is you know, some people are just more beautiful than others. Mm-hmm. And uh, I I can't I can't feel guilty uh, for that. So yeah. they're they're just going to have to deal with it and and. <laughs> yeah, well, that's no. I know. I mean, it seems like I mean, just from the the few um, electronic images I've seen of you on the internet, it, 
I would be worried that I wasn't being taken seriously, you know, um, uh, because of the, uh, you know, being so handsome. And I'm pretty handsome, but, you know, I can acknowledge, you know, I can acknowledge when I've been defeated in a handsome contest. And, uh, you know, I, yeah, I would be concerned at that point. But uh seem to be... Uh, but, but don't, don't, yeah, again, again, don't take it personally because it's, it's, you know... Um, and, and, and looks are fleeting as well. So yeah, that's, that's true. not what really matters in the end. Yeah. Wait, what matters in the end then? <laughs> you have a, um, a nugget? It, it's, it's, it's how funny you are. Yeah, that's it. That's good. Um, now, here's a question. If you played volleyball, what position would you play on the volleyball court? Um, well, if you're, if you're, uh, if you're quizzing me on what I've recently said, then I would say I would be the guy that, um, that would that would jump up to spike the ball, but not actually spike it. I would be I would be the decoy. You'd be you'd be the decoy. <laughs> um, yes. Do you do you think that that is a uh, could that be an abiding metaphor for your life? If pressed, if pressed, do you think that you can make that an abiding metaphor for your life? It, it could be. Um, you know, here lies Matt Sussman, guy who almost spiked the ball but didn't. Yeah. I, I could see that. I've also I've, I've also said in the past uh, on on a basketball team, um, I regret uh, not not uh, playing basketball and being the guy on the bench who gave out high fives. All right. Now, what about towel waving? Have you have you considered towel waving at all? Yes, the towel that that's well that's what that's completely different than high fives. I mean that that towel waving is is adding motivation uh, during the during the play itself. Someone makes a great play. You wave the towel. I'm, I'm talking about actually when they come back to the bench and and actually giving them uh, uh, praise that way. Those, those are two different. I, I don't even know if I, I aspire to be a towel waver, yeah. but a high fiver is more of, of what I think I'm comfortable doing. Right. You talk about your skill set. Now, what about a jumping chest bump? Have you looked into that at all? A jumping chest bump. I well, mean, that's happened, right? You guys will leap into the air, and it's not always even a chest bump. Sometimes they will sort of. Uh, It'd be like shoulder to shoulder, like coming off a basketball court or something like that. I could I could see that. Yeah. Um, it, it would depend on on where my, where my chest teammate is. If we're all pawns, then we we would have to move one space at a time before we get to the bump. Uh, I but, said chest bump. You know, Matt Sussman. <laughs> You're in trouble, guy. <laughs> chest uh, bump. Yeah, I think a, a chest. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes the mind just goes where it wants. Yeah, I guess it does. And, but in terms of a basketball chest bump, uh, again, uh, that's that's again a little more too complicated for yeah. me. Yeah. Now, what are you? So, what are you going to do? So, what's like the rest of the day? Matt Sussman on a Sunday tweet tweet about tweet about the Olympics. Um, that that'll definitely be on the schedule. The Tigers play uh, allegedly uh, Toronto today. Um, and then I actually have chores that that need to need to happen. Uh, that that's the uh, breaking the illusion of a guy that just sits around and makes jokes uh, for free. Yeah, is is the man at some point has to uh, clean up and and get some laundry done and uh, and then eat. Uh, so actually, my wife came in earlier and she actually poked her head and said, "How long is it going to be?" Uh, so uh, so. Yeah, it's the breaking the illusion of, of a, a person living the dream is. No, I'm just like everyone else. I have things to do. Yeah. Well, you've met apparently you've met a, a heterosexual 
woman, uh, and she's now your life partner. So that's pretty good. You did that along the way. I did, yes. Uh, yeah. That actually happened. That, that happened this year, uh, and she's a huge baseball fan as well. And so that that's the one thing that that we can have in common. We actually had our uh, reception. Well, we didn't really have a rece- uh, a wedding reception, but just the night before, we went to a Toledo Mudhens game oh, okay. uh, with, with some of our our friends and family. And I thought you were going to say, was, yeah, I thought you were say you had your reception at Jim Leland's house. <laughs> I, if we could have, if we could have uh, forked over the money, we would have had him marry us <laughs> with a cigarette yeah, with yeah. a cigarette in his mouth. A- absolutely, yes, yeah. and just you know the. Uh, we do, I guess. That would have been that would have been uh, option number one, uh, but how uh, we settled with a friend friend of the family. So uh, <laughs> yeah, well that's all right. I mean, I'm, I, getting, I'm getting in so much trouble if if anyone else <laughs> in my family. Oh, but, is that right? Yeah. Uh, well, don't worry. Very few people but, listen to this. Yeah, Thank I mean, God. basically next to, next to none, yeah. Uh, well, I'll listen. I'll let you uh, go so that you're not in trouble uh, from your wife. I'm definitely in trouble with mine. She uh, she can see me while I do this, and she's, she usually is uh, some sort of uh, look of disapproval on her eyes. Of course, she, it's there when I'm not on the podcast as well. It's just – it's always there. Our desks, we can kind of see each other, and she just will look over and just suspiciously sometimes. Just what – are you doing here? Why are you? I'm, because I'm not necessary for our relationship really that much. Like maybe ten or fifteen percent of our of our relationship, and she just wonders why I'm even here sometimes. I think um, it's yeah, love. I, it's I, true love. Yeah, it is. It is, and, and the eye roll means she cares. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. At least she knows where to direct the eye roll. That's what I tell myself. Yeah, yeah. Keep telling yourself all those things. I'm gonna keep I'm gonna make sure there's a there's a, a more a substantial layer of disillusion between yourself and reality. That's what I always say. Yeah, that's 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 good advice to have, and, and that at least helps. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, listen, uh, Matt Sussman from the Internet. It was uh, it was a real pleasure to talk to you. Um, I feel like we talked about some things. I learned about you. Um, I think we joshed around a little bit. I was successful, I would say. Yeah, if you, if you hit all the points uh, that you needed to hit, um, we all, I hope we all learned a little bit more about ourselves, too. Yeah, it feels good. It feels really good. All right, well, I want to thank you, Matt Sussman, for joining us. That's Matt Sussman. I'm Carson Sestouli, and this is Fangraphs. Wait, so I'm going to say this is Fangraphs Audio, Matt, but you don't leave yet, okay? I, I won't leave. All right, and this is Fangraphs Audio. <laughs>